Hi, and welcome to Love in Quarantine, a new podcast about how the landscape of sex, love, and intimacy is changing now that we are all prisoners in sweatpants. I'm your host, Carly Shortino. I'm a writer. I've been writing the sex and relationships column at Vogue magazine for a handful of years now. And my status is that I'm currently quarantined in LA with my boyfriend and our dog Romulus. And I'm really excited about doing this podcast. I wanted to do it for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because, well, the beginning of quarantine was kind of hard for me. I mean, I'm sure everyone can relate, but a couple of the projects that I was working on that I was really excited about got put on hold. And I just found myself like wandering aimlessly around my apartment, biting my nails and my sweatpants that actually aren't even sweatpants. It's actually this onesie giraffe suit that I bought at Target as a joke a handful of months ago. And then now somehow like non-consensually has become the uniform of my quarantine. And I figured if I was going to be this much of a slob, I might as well at least try to be productive to balance it out. So this is my attempt at that. And I also wanted to do this because I've been thinking a lot about how in times of crisis, it becomes a lot clearer what our priorities are and what really matters. And I think that love matters and that sex matters. And, you know, I've been talking to people about sex and relationships for years now, and it's one of my favorite things to do because I think that it's really intimate and vulnerable and it's really revealing of who a person is. My therapist said this interesting thing where, (laughs) sorry, it's just an embarrassing way to start a sentence. But anyways, my therapist said this interesting thing where quarantine is the great intensifier. Obviously, this time is causing real problems for people. People are getting sick and losing their jobs. But she said that interpersonally, this doesn't create problems and it doesn't breed strengths, but rather it intensifies and magnifies what's already there. So at the other end of this, there's going to be more divorces, more marriages, higher birth rate. I think a lot of us feel like we're in a kind of purgatory, like our lives have been put on pause and now we're waiting for things to go back to normal. But I keep having to remind myself that this is life too. And in a lot of ways, it's actually a more intense form of life. And that this period is going to reveal a lot about who we are, both to ourselves and to other people. So these are the kind of things that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. So today I'm speaking with Sandra. Sandra's a writer in LA, and she's been actively virtual dating. So somewhat surprisingly, despite the fact that the world is literally ending, activity on dating apps has actually spiked in the past month or so. And now there's this trend where people are going on virtual dates, like over FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, which is sparking all these new and complicated questions like, can you assess sexual chemistry over the phone? Or can you fall in love with someone that you've never met in person? And something that I find so interesting is that, look, we're a generation that's not used to dating without sex. And in terms of women specifically, the sexual double standard is finally beginning to fade and we have more sexual freedom than ever before. You know, the ability to have a full and autonomous sex life without huge risk, at least in our society, is a massive gain. But at the same time, we have to admit that in this we've lost something. We've lost the experience of long-term courtship. We've lost knowing what it feels like to be forced to wait to have sex with someone that we like or love. And Sandra is going through all this for the first time right now. And she's finding that surprisingly, dating without sex can actually be more vulnerable than dating with sex. Um, So here goes. I... 
honestly have been kind of a perennial dater around her. Uh, <laughs> I think I've been on the apps infamously since like for like maybe a decade at this point. Um, and I just kind of never, ever stop swiping. Um, you know, I'd see people here and there, like for extended periods of time, but it was always more of like an open thing. Um, you know, obviously kind of a slut a little bit. Right. Swiping into oblivion. I've, have you ever taken Adderall and then gone on Tinder? It's like a true black hole. <laughs> I, I think that's like my, like just base state of being, you know, like, <laughs> like I'll be like on a zoom meeting sometimes and just be like on my Adderall, like swiping, swiping. So, you know, I've, I've never, <laughs> but before this time, I never actually got the, I didn't realize there was a, you swiped too much and there's no one left around you. I've been seeing a lot of people in their bios now being like, I like usually hate this stuff, but, uh, here I am because I have nothing else to do. So, and what made you decide to start dating virtually on FaceTime? Um, just you know, uh, like I said, I was uh, missing kind of you know just meeting people at bars and like just kind of I guess the the social ritual, the entire all of the trappings that kind of go with dating right now, even things as simple as doing my makeup or getting dressed or you know just feeling cute and, you know, getting back in, in the groove of things. And so I figured, you know, why not just try this thing virtually? Like it's, I guess, a, a, <laughs> a suitable stopgap given the situation. I, I think it was mostly just like a why not. And what about in terms of the physical? Or are you someone who would generally sleep with somebody sooner rather than later? Or do you prefer to get to know somebody before having a sexual interaction? Oh, yeah. I mean, my mom's not gonna be happy to hear this. But I'm definitely <laughs> like, a, you know, like a first date, like if if I'm feeling it, it's like, yeah, you know, why not? Um, as I said, I'm just more of like of the slut mind frame. So it's like, you know, whoever I'm kind of with, if there's like a nice little like pheromone thing going on, it's like, why not? I've always felt like sex is a shortcut to intimacy. And that, you know, you learn so much about a person from having sex that you can be on a date having your first drink with someone and then in a couple hours be sort of lying on their chest post-orgasm. And it's just this, it's like, it's amazing how quickly you can get to that place with someone through a sexual interaction. And what I am so curious about with these FaceTime dates is that there is no shortcut, right? I mean, mm -hmm. or at least in not, in not in that same way. And so the intimacy, I just feel like, must develop in such a different way. How have your experiences with going on FaceTime dates been so far? Like, what what is it like? I, I think I tend to personally kind of use physicality on dates as sort of like a crutch, like a stopgap of sorts, you know, like when conversation lulls, it's a lot easier to just sort of like put your hand on someone's thigh and just kind of, you know, like <laughs> work that <laughs> magic and kind of stem the awkwardness that way. Cause I, I think I tend to still feel a little awkward sometimes, you know, but the intimacy, like the way that it develops on these FaceTime dates is a lot different in the sense that I think there's like a lot less pretense and a lot more casualness in terms of like a FaceTime date. You kind of end up dropping the impressions and like sort of the, the acts a little sooner, especially when you know, like sex isn't really in the cards anytime soon. So, you know, I've been going on a couple like follow-up FaceTime dates with this one guy in particular, and 
he was like, I've stopped shaving for you. Like, I don't really care anymore, you know? And then I'm over here in my sweatpants and like telling him about how I'm watching Gossip Girl, which is something I typically would never tell anyone on like a first date. (laughs) So it's, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'm getting to actually know this person a little better. Yeah, well, it's just a completely different mode of operation. I mean, I know for a lot of people, sex is a completely vulnerable experience. And for me, of course, it can be too. But I I truly don't feel like I'm lying when I say I feel like an awkward silence is more vulnerable to me than having sex a lot of the time. Like I, because it's something that I do feel confident in. Um, Obviously, that there's, there's exceptions to the rule. But I also think that it's a real intimate experience talking to someone when they're not dressed up in their bedroom. Like, I feel like you must learn so much from just what is in the background while they're talking to you. Because there have been times when, I mean, I'm like now scared of sounding like a superficial bitch, but like when I've gone on multiple dates with people and, you know, you have this idea of who they are and like, we're, we're meeting in these really curated experiences, right? It's like, right. I put on my favorite outfit and I do my makeup and it takes an hour and like you put on cologne and you choose a restaurant that you think will impress me and you get the check. And then when it's like, when you get to the date where you go to their house, sometimes it's so shocking. You're like, oh my God, this is not what I expected at all. Oh, there's a floor and- mattress. Yeah. right exactly and like you can't cure it you're not as in control anymore and i think that on facetime you're you're immediately in someone's bedroom that must feel Mm -hmm. different right oh yeah it's like it's really honestly the first couple of times i was doing it it was like really jarring because i was like that's a fish poster in the background. Like, <laughs> like typically I'd also like, you know, not really go for that kind of thing. Um, but you kind of have to like, just take this person wholesale in a lot of ways, <laughs> you know, like despite there being a giant pile of dirty laundry in the back of your like FaceTime chat, you know, it's weird because you can't really hang up on someone immediately either. Like I was thinking about kind of the politics of like, if it's really bad, thankfully, I haven't really had a bad experience. But like, if it's really bad, like, how long do you have to like, stay on the line with them? Well, this is my main anxiety for people who are face dating. It's the thing I think about first when any anytime anyone says they're doing it is when is the date over? Like on a normal date, it's like, oh, the check came or the movie's over or <laughs> I have to get up and go to work tomorrow. It's like, no one has to be anywhere. Like you cannot lie and say you have to be doing something early in the morning. It just has to be like, and I just want to stop talking now. That's why I feel like all of my FaceTime dates have lasted at least like three hours, you know? <laughs> it's right. a throwback to that weird little, you know, high school, like, no, you hang up first thing. But it's more <laughs> because what are you going to do? Like, just accidentally be like, oh, my internet's going out. And then like, start like <laughs> pretending to like be frozen. <laughs> That's like kind of your only option other than being completely transparent. The guy that you've been seeing, what is... The play-by-play, like you, you call it, like, this is probably a basic question, but just like not having experienced it, like what happens? Like you call, you're just laying around and do you guys drink together? Is it just, just, or is it, is it just like a fully, all you're doing is talking, looking at each other for hours? 
Oh, no, there's definitely drinking involved. It's, you know, like a a weird simulated bar experience. I'm over here refilling constantly. He usually is like fine with like a glass uh, because (laughs) he's an actual adult. And so he's just like... You're like refilling off camera. Yeah, I know. Actually, it's like uh, I have my little little in-room bar set up already, already arranged pre-date. So, but yeah, it's mostly just like us talking obviously these dates have also had a big sort of effect i think on you know the attention economy like there's nothing else that you can really like be distracted by you aren't really like i don't know looking around a bar one eye like out the door you know or something so we've just been staring at each other on webcam (laughs) yeah it feels extremely vulnerable because you don't even have the built-in breaks of oh let's order another drink or the waiters here or look at that person over across the room it's really i would imagine emotionally demanding oh yeah it's it's definitely a lot more intense but again i like i feel like it all kind of contributes to this sense of like in a way like sped up or like condensed intimacy like in terms of like timeline like i feel like it's made me a lot uh, more able to see faster, like who's not really worth my time and who is. Right. And obviously you can tell if you think someone is hot, but do you think that you can totally gauge physical attraction or physical sexual compatibility over the phone? Not, not entirely, but I do feel like for me, a big component of sexual attraction also lays in the ability to like have some really good banter and like at least have, you know, some sort of like shared interests at a level. Um, and that just kind of like, uh, makes me more attracted to the person. So when I'm forced to not just like immediately go to like third base, (laughs) I'm just like over here, like, okay, like I actually maybe like this person a little more and like, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I've been thinking when we do meet up, maybe that means like the sex will be even better because it's like, I actually do really feel a lot more invested in this person than I would on one of my regular, like one and done hookups, you know? Yeah. So I also someone who would, you know, sleep with people pretty fast on dates. Like if I liked them, that felt like the right decision for me. But then I dated this one guy who didn't want to do that. He was like, it has just made me feel physically bad in the past. So I just want to wait. And we would like make out and do like some touching stuff, but that had never been the case for me. And we ended up dating for a month before we had sex. And like before we had full penetrative sex, I was calling him my boyfriend and it was truly, I was like, is this the, the Victorian age? It was so different for me. First of all, it made me want him so much more. So building up that tension was kind of crazy, but maybe it's, bizarre or embarrassing to say but I had never felt that close to someone before having sex with them so the first time we had sex felt really meaningful and it's just like I feel like this sounds so stupid but um not that you can't have meaningful sex on a first date but it was a bizarre experience and I feel like this situation that we're in is going to kind of force people into that situation. And I I think it could change the way what sex means or, or maybe you'll be like, Oh, wow, it felt so great that now I always want to wait, or I want to wait at least, you know, 48 hours. Right. (laughs) At least 48 hours. For sure. Yeah, that's gonna be my new 
my new barometer. Um, <laughs> I totally agree. You know, I was thinking about this the other day and when I was on another FaceTime date with this guy and I was like, well, if things kind of do go well once quarantine ends and we finally do meet up, you know, I do feel like there is this way deeper sort of level of like intimacy and vulnerability. And like, I tend to like be a little guarded at first, but if we've already kind of worked through all that, just because we've been in this really vulnerable situation to begin with, like, you know, just staring at each other for hours upon hours, like (laughs) via FaceTime, I feel like, you know, like it could really change the dynamic and hopefully for the better. And then maybe it will just change my entire outlook on sex and the way that I approach dating and that timeline, you know? You don't have your crutch, basically. Yeah, I don't have this crutch of like, again, just being like, uh, well, you know, you're hot. So like, let's just skip a couple steps. Have you considered having virtual sex with any of these people that you're dating? Um, I think that is a level of like, something I'm I'm a little too uncomfortable with still at this point. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, again, like, I don't really actually, truly, truly know this person in the sense that like I may I maybe I just have some weird hang up about having to like actually meet someone IRL in person to like truly really trust them but I'm the kind of person that has like a sticker over my webcam you know like I'm really paranoid about like someone like screenshotting me or something so I personally wouldn't go that route but you know who knows like this thing is gonna last maybe <laughs> until like the end of summer so <laughs> you know does it feel sexual at all like are you turned on by the person ever or do you talk about sex oh yeah like all the time and it's I mean obviously it's after a couple drinks in you know and we're both just like lying in bed together virtually and talking about how like oh man like I wish this wasn't actually the case. The past like three or four of these we've had has just been like full of all this like sexual frustration and tension to the point where he's just been like, I don't know, maybe I'll just like come over. Like you want to break quarantine? And I'm just like, <laughs> no, that's ethically unsound. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that sounds extremely hot. I mean, there is something about, you know, pining for someone that has such an intense energy, but not being able to touch someone is extremely erotic. I can't imagine that. Like, and, and how sexual does it get? Like, is, does it become porny at all? Like, oh, this is what I like in bed, blah, blah, blah. Or is it more, I can't wait to touch you. I don't know why Um, I'm writing a script for you. It could be neither of those things. (laughs) No, it's definitely. Which one is it? It's. Uh, somewhere in between. I think it's like definitely like a wow. I like really wish I could like kiss you right now, and then like a oh, I really like what kind of stuff do you like? You know, just for a future reference. And you you know, he's all like, I want to use my imagination and stuff like that. Obviously, helped him out a little bit with that information. But you know, also now that I think about it, maybe that will help when we do ultimately also meet up because it's again a big part of having good sex is the ability to communicate what you want to your partner. Um, but sometimes when you are sloppy drunk, like I tend to be on, you know, the first couple of times you like have it, it's it's harder sometimes to communicate things succinctly. <laughs> so you right. know, maybe maybe this will like make 
our sex ultimately better? Who knows? I just think, how could it not be a different experience um, Mm -hmm. having been so intimate with somebody and having long, physically longed for them? It feels like love during wartime, like not to be melodramatic, but (laughs) that's sort of, you know what I mean? Like I have a friend who um, is writing physical letters to their partner who is quarantined separately. And you know what? They've only had sex once. So it was a new relationship. And I just thought that was so there's something really I mean, it's it's funny to say that FaceTiming is romantic, but I think that it does sound romantic. I no, it totally does. It's like, oh man, I do love that aspect of longing. And you know, I, I'm starting to realize that that's something that I think was kind of missing from a lot of my in-person relationships or just sort of the string of people that I was dating and this guy you're dating how far has it progressed and like how do you assess how far it progresses without the sort of baseline steps of you know having sex and then like sleeping over and getting breakfast in the morning like how do you know how far it's gone that's the weird thing I feel like it's stagnated in a sense just because we are just stuck talking all the time We also don't text as much as I usually, you know, like text people that I'm like seeing. I'm afraid that we're going to run out of things to talk about sooner rather Mm -hmm. than later. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the latent fear that I have. It's just like, is it just going to be something that eventually fizzles out? And so, you know, we've started kind of like watching shows together. That's something, but I'm, you know, still kind of searching and grappling for like, is there something else that we can do together that kind of is like a facsimile of like <laughs> something we'd be able to do in person in a different sort of situation. You know, often on a first date or second, at the beginning when you're dating somebody, you know, it's kind of easy to assess whether both of you enjoyed it or whether it went well because at the end of the date you kiss or during the date you touch each other's legs or, you know, eventually you have sex. Like without those markers, how do you determine whether it went well. And does it have to be a lot more like verbal? Oh God. Yeah. It does have to be a lot more verbal. You know, like I've also wondered a lot about that because we aren't texting constantly anymore, which I usually take as a sign of like things are going well and they still like me. But since they've been replaced by these like more regular FaceTime dates where we talk about like everything that we can, that's definitely changed sort of that method of interaction. And so like a lot of times I find myself kind of wondering if like we're ever gonna have our like fifth or sixth or seventh faith time date you know like I don't know whether he's still into it or again maybe this is just something that he's also just like you know he's bored and he like wants to do something maybe he doesn't actually like me just in general I think this particular time has let a lot of sort of like latent anxieties and like self-conscious like naysay kind of pop back in so Dating in particular has been kind of difficult in that aspect, just because I'm like, I don't, I I literally have no idea how he feels. So do you think that that this sort of dating makes you more insecure in a way? Uh, yeah, I think just because I'm, I'm a person who really doesn't like question marks and I like things to be sort of set in stone. Like I'm usually very uh, clear about like, this is, you know, kind of a one and done thing, or I like you and I would like to keep seeing you and like, we should talk about this um, or like what we are, et cetera, et cetera. But that feels like weird to say to someone that you've only talked to on FaceTime, you know? (laughs) 
like you can't really be like, well, what are we? <laughs> and it's like, right. I haven't even met you in person. Like I can't do that. <laughs> You're like the one we're exclusive FaceTime dates, but like, <laughs> you know, he I could definitely trust issues. I, I think I have trust issues for sure. I mean, no, I, you know what? I know that. And my therapist knows that. But <laughs> if anything, this is this situation has definitely illuminated them. What are the guys like? I mean, just to say something completely reductive and gender essentialist. Um, I think sometimes guys, you know, are, are culturally conditioned to be less vulnerable or talk less about their feelings. But I mean, there's only so much small talk you can make. Do you feel like you're seeing a different side of men you know what i do feel like people or men in particular have been a lot more considerate and concerted in sort of their communications whereas usually on tinder you know you get people who are like hey you're sexy like you want to fuck it's now kind of more like hey are you like doing okay like how are you feeling like are things like all right on your end of the world just because everything is so insane for everyone right now like it's pretty uncouth to be like you want to fuck over facetime you know (laughs) like um that's true i mean just to i mean i have to ask the question what's the worst thing that's happened to you in a facetime date um trying to think (laughs) i think just like the the dude that was like I'm going to pick you up in like 10 minutes and like, you can come over, you know, like, like that was, that was gross. Like really did not appreciate that. Especially after I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't know you. I don't know where you've been. You can say that you're following all the CDC protocols and like, you haven't left the house and stuff, but I don't know that again. Like, I don't know you. And we've had one, what, like hour and a half long conversation. Like, I don't think I have enough trust in you yet for you to come pick me up basically and then bring me to your house so we can have sex, you know? It's like the FaceTime equivalent of trying to fuck you without a condom. <laughs> Just like, Pretty I much. Like, I, I've gotten <laughs> tested. Right. I've been sitting with anyone for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good time. Before we go, I would just say that the thing that has been the most interesting to me And also the most relatable has been that, you know, you're saying that often you'll sleep with somebody on a first date or second date and that the idea of having sex with someone on FaceTime, even after date three or four, seems too vulnerable. And that to me is really, really interesting. Do you know why that is? What is it about FaceTime sex that's more vulnerable than actual real life sex? I don't know what it is about the act of FaceTime sex that feels like it should be reserved for someone that I'm like really like way more exclusive with, you know, cause it's not like I haven't done it before with like boyfriends I've had, but I don't know, maybe it's because I still feel like on a level, these people who I have not met in person are still strangers in a lot of ways, even though we have been able to get way more vulnerable with each other and like really get to know each other on a far more intimate level because of all this condensed versions of dating that we've been engaging in. I still feel like because of the way digital intimacy works, they still do feel like strangers. Do you think that this experience will change you and the way that you date going forward, though? In all honesty, I do feel like this experience has forced me to, as you said, like be a little bit more adult about some of the 
the things that I, I, I do, like the bad habits we all kind of fall into sometimes when we are dating incessantly. <laughs> um, <laughs> if anything, like learning how to craft the text of like why exactly I do not really feel like it's a good idea for us to see each other again has been helpful. And I feel like it's been helping me myself like sort of get a better grasp on what I need emotionally. Like the things that are important to me and other people below the surface, as corny as it kind of sounds, you know? (laughs) These are the, the qualities that I really do want in a person in a lot of ways of course and it's not muddied by like wow i just really want to have sex with this person again at this point well thank you so much for listening to our first episode love in quarantine is created and produced by me carly shortino and rachel rapkin produced in partnership with blue duck media see you next time